Well, if you think there are challenging conflicts to address at your workplace, spare a thought for our next guest. Reflecting on his current job title, one commentator said that being responsible for an area with one of the highest unemployment rates in the world, where an overwhelming majority of people live below the poverty line and where armed conflict can flare up at any moment, quote, may sound daunting, which is quite the understatement. Thomas White is the Australian who was appointed Director of UNRWA Affairs in Gaza in August 2021. UNRWA is the UN agency tasked to provide relief to those who meet the definition of Palestinian refugee, as more than half of the 2.1 million people in Gaza do. Tom White, welcome to Sunday Extra. Thanks, Julian. Great to join you. Tom, could we start, please, with just a bit of an overview of what UNRWA is, its history, and, and what it does today? Well, UNRWA started in the, in the late 1940s after the creation of Israel and the, and the, and the conflict um, around the creation of the State of Israel. A large number of Palestinians were displaced, and in response to that, the UN was tasked through UNRWA to provide relief to the Palestinians who were displaced. It's evolved over the years, but essentially now we are operating in Lebanon, Syria, uh, Jordan, West Bank and Gaza. Um, and I might focus on Gaza because that's where I'm, I'm working right now. But essentially, we are providing education, so grades one to nine, education for 290,000 children. Uh, we provide primary health care for 1.2 million people on a regular basis. So these are sort of our core human development um, services to the Palestine refugee community. And then because of conflict effectively, you know, we then are also providing a range of hu more humanitarian um, support. And so in Gaza, there's been a 15-year economic blockade of the Gaza Strip, which has effectively destroyed the economy. For example, right now, Three out of four people in Gaza are on food assistance. And so through UNRWA, we're providing 50% of their, their calorific needs to that community, to 1.2 million people. We also respond during periods of armed conflict. And in Gaza, there have been these cycles of you know, wars. I think there's probably been about five major escalations over the, of the wars over the, over the last 15 years. Uh, and then we're into providing you know, support to people who are fleeing their houses because of the conflict or then getting in afterwards and helping people repair and rebuild their houses. And so after the conflict in May 21, um, we have either rebuilt or repaired over 7,000 houses in Gaza. Given what you've just described, Tom, it uh, seems almost silly to ask you the question I was going to ask, which is what are the biggest challenges of the job you've faced? So perhaps I might put it this way, because I know you've actually worked for UNRWA on more than one occasion. I wonder if you could maybe reflect on maybe how the different, what different challenges there are to the role that you've taken on now compared to work that UNRWA has done in the past and that you've been involved in. Look, I think for me right now that the challenges are the scale of the operation. You know, we have 13,000 staff in Gaza. We have just over 290 schools, you know, health clinics, it's a, a big management and leadership challenge in mm. itself. Uh, then, of course, the socioeconomic situation here is disastrous. You know, 80% poverty, which is growing. Just to give you a sense of the community that we are serving, the Gazan community, 
despite the fact that three out of four people in Gaza are receiving food assistance, either through UNRWA or the World Food Programme, rates of what we call severe food insecurity continue to rise. So now over 40% of the population of Gaza are not getting enough food. Severe food insecurity essentially means they are going, on a regular basis, they're going a day without food. So it's the challenge of delivering, you know, essentially these sort of government-like services to a community that are desperately poor, have very, very few prospects for the future. You know, noting, of course, that 70% of the population are under the age of 29. I mean, it's a very young population. You know, we're providing education services to a, a group of people who don't really see a future in Gaza. And then I think the final challenge is really this ever-present threat of armed conflict. And so, you know, it's making sure that we're always ready to respond in, the, in an armed conflict. Now, you know, there's been a pattern of regular rocket fire and then uh, airstrikes in Gaza, you know, probably once a week for the last sort of month or so. You know, it keeps people on edge because they know that one of these major escalations could flare up. And here we are looking very closely at what's occurring in the West Bank right now, where it is a very, very tense situation. And history shows that the level of tension is such that it out breaks out into an open conflict. And then you've got two million people essentially sitting in Gaza with nowhere to go um, with a high intensity armed conflict in an urban area. Um, occurring around them and, you know, us then having to get in and respond to that population. And conceivably, you know, in the, in the conflict in May last year, um, about 170,000 people moved from their houses because they didn't feel safe. So these are the sort of challenges that we're dealing with here um, in the agency. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Tom White, Director of UNRWA Affairs in Gaza. And Tom, in that massive list of challenges, we didn't even get to the sort of diplomatic aspects of UNRWA's work and your role in particular, because I think it's right, isn't it, that the that UNRWA is not particularly well regarded by the government of Israel and, and your tenure as director in Gaza has coincided with a change of government in Israel to what's usually described as the most hard-right coalition in the nation's history. Has that changed things on the ground for you? And excuse the bluntness, but does it just make your job a lot harder? I mean, a lot of my job revolves around understanding the politics here. And I would not be saying that I'm engaged in politics, but I am engaged in humanitarian diplomacy. And so there are a range of stakeholders that I and my senior staff need to engage with and position our work. Now, most clearly is that we are a UN organisation, we are neutral, we're impartial, we respond to the need that is presented on the ground. So it's positioning us as this neutral, impartial body with some stakeholders, many of them who are in active conflict. And so, you know, we're dealing with the local authorities down here, which is currently run by Hamas. We are also, and I deal regularly with interlocutors from the Israeli Defence Force, also the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs. You know, we need to um, ensure movement of our staff. We need to ensure movement of, we're bringing in 600 tonnes of food a day into Gaza. You know, that all comes in through Israeli ports, for example. So it's managing a range of stakeholders who have a, you know, in, in many cases, quite 
different views on the the conflict itself, but they also have different views on the role of UNRWA. So, so it's part and parcel of the job. You know, it, it really is sort of a it's probably the more, one of the more complex I've had to deal with, but it's it's, it's essentially humanitarian diplomacy. It really is shocking to hear how the situation of so many people in Gaza is going backwards, despite the relief work that UNRWA does. Tom, are there tangible signs of hope that you can point to in recent developments in Gaza? Or perhaps it might be better to ask, where do you look to for sources of hope? Julian, I think this is a, a really, I mean, it's probably one of the most difficult things that I have to manage here when I look at the overall situation here and understand its impacts then on the population of Gaza, you know, it's very difficult to find hope. I mean, we are 15 years into a devastating economic blockade. You know, we have no doubt some of the highest unemployment rates in the world. If you're a young person in Gaza, 70% of them are not employed. And whether you are a day labourer who picks up a couple of hours work a week or you are a young doctor or a lawyer who can't get employment and you cannot see any prospects for the future and this is very much tied into the fact that it's difficult to find hope because there's there's no political horizon at the present time we're, we're sort of locked into this sort of status quo which is not really going anywhere and it's 15 16 17 years of economic blockade um, it is very difficult to see a way out of this at this stage. On a personal level, it, you know, it, it's sort of balancing that up with the fact of I'm enormously proud of the work that we're doing here in Gaza. You know, 290,000 children get to go to an UNRWA school, a UN school in Gaza. You know, when you're weaving through some of the tight alleyways of, the, of some of the camps, for example, in, in Gaza, and then you come across an UNRWA school. It's a big white building. It's got a playground. They've got colourful classrooms. It really is a beacon of something different, something which is a place of learning, something that's a place of joy for so many children in, in Gaza. So that's enormously rewarding. Not only that, you know, it, kids in our schools are, are about a year ahead of their contemporaries in government schools. They are doing exceptionally well. Refugees in Gaza have health indicators which put them way above you know, where they should be. We have a per capita GDP in Gaza, which is at sub-Saharan African levels, yet we have health indicators which put us, the population in Gaza, well into a middle-income country. So you know, the situation is pretty dire, but you know, what keeps me going is the, you know, the results of the work that we're doing that, you know, in supporting the community here. And clearly the, the need for relief is massive and ongoing. Uh, Tom, since you took up uh, the job in Gaza, I can't help but notice that the Australian government's increased its funding for UNRWA. Now, um, can you claim full 100% credit for that? I won't claim 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, this is quite a significant move by the Australian government. It's going back to the funding levels prior to the Morrison government. It signals very clearly that Australia is interested in what happens in the Middle East. They are providing support to one of the most vulnerable groups within the Middle East. And when I was in Canberra recently, I, I met with people in government um, there and I said it, it gives Australia a seat at the table on, on issues in the Middle East, which is uh, a part of the world that really needs 
you know, support and attention. You know, Australia doubling its commitment demonstrated some leadership for the international community at a time where UNRWA is really struggling to get enough funds to keep up with the demand for its services and challenges in uh, maintaining funding from some other countries, having Australia step in and say, look, we think this is important and we're going to double our commitment, that sent a very, very clear signal to the rest of the international community and, and that was very positive. And just finally, Tom, I noticed that one of your previous posts was running the Norwegian Refugee Council's efforts to help refugees from the war in Syria. Given that experience, what are your thoughts about the latest disaster to confront the people in Syria? Um, really devastating. I mean, my immediate thoughts go out to people. I mean, I, you know, I had lots of team members who lived in, in Gaziantep, which is in Turkey, when we were, we were running operations across into northern Syria a number of years ago. Uh, thoughts for them and their families. But I really think we should all be very concerned about what's occurring in northern Syria at this stage. Now, I know that my previous organisation, Norwegian Refugee Council, is responding in Aleppo. Of real concern is this area in the northwest of the country, Idlib, and that's where I understand very, very limited support is going in. And essentially that area has been closed off for many years now and is essentially a, an enclave of opposition groups um, who've been fighting against the Assad government. It's middle of winter. It's very cold. I don't think people are even clear about it, exactly how much damage there, but uh, I would say there are a group of people there in dire need of assistance, uh, but really tough to get access to those people with the equipment they need to remove rubble through to ensuring that they've got access to shelter, food, sanitation, etc. Tom White, thanks so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Thanks, Julian. Great to join you. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations, live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.